0: It's
1: the remix. Yeah, you know, I, well, I mean, they, they were really good. We we were awful. I can't put this any other way. We were awful on that front. We were awful on breakouts. We were awful <laughs> everywhere. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, I can't, uh, I can't tell you it was one thing. We we were no good. So we're gonna we're gonna flush it and move on and get ready for Saturday. Uh,
0: easy there.
1: Yeah, pretty easy. It wasn't our game. Um, you know, Jack. You know, said it perfectly. It's.
0: It's a game that we lost, we didn't have our best, and, you know, we're in playoff mode. When you lose a game in the playoffs, you can't dwell on that. You, you know, flush it, and, you know, we got a big game against Arizona.
2: Bishy, Bishy.
1: Got a good old fashioned ass kicking tonight. just crushed my dreams.
0: Boom, sadness. That's the one.
1: Dude, shout out to a simpler time in America when all of us were captivated by the California Raisins.
0: A lot of flushing out there.
1: Flushing.
0: They keep flushing.
1: Who's flushing?
0: Well, Deboer said we gotta flush it. I think that was McNabb oh. said we gotta flush it. A lot of flushing.
1: Sorry, I was watching Tiger Woods. Who's yeah, you just want to flush good? it. I mean, nothing. Uh, yeah. So, do you want me to keep spoiling it for you? Tiger Woods. He pars on on hole number three, and he just teed off on four, and he's on the fringe of the green. Oh, it's par on three. The par three. Yeah. I, fringe of the green. He's not. He's gonna. He have didn't to even help. put it on. Uh, no, uh, only the, of his group of three, only one guy put it like actually on the green. The other two are both on the fringe.
2: I think we're kind of flirting with some uh, legal issues, because if I recall correctly, <laughs> you cannot uh, reproduce uh, accounts of the g- game or broadcast without the express <laughs> written consent, consent of, uh, of Tiger Woods. <laughs> well,
1: of the PGA. <laughs> All right. I will just let you know. I will either tell you Tiger Woods sucks or Tiger Woods is great. Or I guess I need to. Add or a Tiger he's just Woods he, average, he's
0: average for the because for he's the par.
1: Gonna par. He's been, he's been average
0: th- so I, far.
1: Also, he's gonna, he, Will Will even par make the cut? Because I think he's gonna just par every hole for the entire tournament. Even par might make it. He right. might
2: make the cut. It's a hard course. <laughs> this may have been a good question for Sam and Ash. How do they legally say, "Hey, you can't talk about this game without the written permission of like Major League Baseball yeah. or the NFL or"? The PGA, like, how can they just go ahead
0: and say that? Like, are they gonna yeah, go mean, after two guys at a bar recapping I mean, the game? That's right. It's, I mean, it's the broadcast rights for every other every other network. But you know, the Joe on the street or the Joe's on the radio. What are they gonna do to us? Fine us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. They could. They could probably fine us. They could somehow punish us. I don't know. We'll figure that out. All right. Do you think this is a good T-shirt that was a uh, outside of T-Mobile Arena? Last night, Alex Norwood tweeted this out: Two guys wearing a shirt that says, "Hey Kelly, who's your daddy?" Well,
0: would be if Daddy keeps playing well. Daddy hasn't. Has da, da, Daddy's got to keep it up, man. That, Daddy's got to keep it up, right? I, I didn't I think, think. I looked so. at the. I looked at the um, shirts. Um, wanted more of a. Wanted more of a um, design, I guess. It's kind of just the words, "Hey Kelly, who's your daddy?" Uh, maybe a big picture, Daddy's face underneath. Who's your daddy? like get his face in there. Um, But yeah, you know, a for creativity. I mean, it's pretty funny that they came up with these and they actually paid to have these done.
1: All right, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you another speculatory question here. Uh, Let's assume this organization does not make the playoffs this year, that the 31% chance they make it doesn't come to fruition. What would appease the fan base more? Not what would be better or what they'll actually do, but what would make the fan base the happiest, if Bill Foley fired Pete DeBoer, if Bill Foley fired Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee, or if Bill Foley fired no one?
0: Oh, uh, not no one. I think fans are conditioned to go to the coach. I think they're conditioned to say it's the coach's fault. I think it would be more management's fault, and they should make a move there. I I would not. I don't think I'd fire DeBoer. Now they might fire everybody. So he might. I guess that that's the, the other option. Yeah, I mean, fire. Might, he might fire everybody. Fire everybody. Yeah, I just I, I've told you before, and I think, you know, you said as well, I, I just don't think management gets enough blame for this season around this. And and I know there's been injuries. You can't control that. I get that. That's a, That's probably the biggest part, obviously, of it. But if you're asking me straight question who to blame more, I actually blame management. But a fan would automatically say, oh, you have to fire the coach. That's what fa- fans want. Fans whose teams are not playing well want the coach fired every time. That, that's all they care about is the coach. They don't think they think beyond the coach to the... Now, some do, because I, I've seen some shots taken him at McCrimmon online, but I've seen a lot more about DeBoer, and that's usually what fans go to.
1: Tiger is very average. Um, so okay. what do you think Bill Foley actually is thinking right now? Do you think he's sitting there, 10 games left, they're behind L.A., they've got a 31% chance. Do you think he's sitting there saying... We can still make it. This is still going to work out for us. We can get in the playoffs and then anything can happen. Or do you think with 10 games left, Bill Foley's sitting there thinking, uh, this is Pete DeBoer's fault. This is the front office's fault. Uh, this is all the injuries fault. It's not really anybody's fault. And we're going to run it back next year. Like, What do you think his thought process is with 10 games? Together? Well,
0: I think when Bill came in, he had a lot to learn about professional sports and what happens. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he wanted an NHL team. Bought it, spent his own money. Uh, always respected him for that in terms of it was his own money. Uh, didn't ask for uh, anything from the city or, you know, the, the state. So I always respected him for that. But I do think he needed to learn a lot about professional sports and how it happened. So I am going to think that those uh, that he work for him, especially in management, have convinced him it's the injuries and that it would be more apt that Bill Foley would think, you know what? It was just, we've been to the playoffs every year. It was just one of those years. We got snake bit, all these injuries. These guys will be healthy next year. Eichel will have had, you know, a, half a season, whatever it is, under his belt. And everyone's going to come back, and we're going to win next year. That's what I think he would be thinking. I think so,
1: too. I think that's the most likely outcome here. I think, like, right now, he's looking at it thinking that they can still get in the playoffs, right? and yes, then be, yes. Beyond that, I yes. think he's looking at it saying, we were really unlucky this year. And, I mean, they were. There's no denying that they've had some of the worst injuries I think we've we've ever seen a team have but i think he's looking at it saying we were really unlucky this year this isn't anybody's particular fault i do think that's the most likely outcome and obviously there's going to be roster changes in the offseason because well they're yeah they're going to change
0: players cap. sure
1: right but i think for the most part it's going to be yeah the front office has built a good core right there's a lot of good there's a lot of talent on this team and the roster there'll be changes obviously but the roster is going to be good enough to essentially run it back next year and if everybody's healthy things should go much better things should uh, look a lot better next year for the Golden Knights let me ask you the other part on the health question here and this is this is probably an off-season question that uh that will maybe need to be addressed by the Golden Knights but if you go through this team's best players i think got Jack Eichel who's 25 but William Carlson's 29. Jonathan Marshus is 31. Uh you look at Petrangelo's 32. Alec Martinez is 34, right? Braden McNabb is 31. Robin Leonard's 30. Max Patretti's 33. Mark Stone's 29. That's a uh, that's that's the core of this team. They're all 29 and older. Now, normally we don't view 29 and older as old, but what I've kind of mm-hmm. looked at this Golden Knights in terms of their, their window of opportunity is that Three or four years from now, all those guys are going to be 32, 33 or older. Or 35 and or 36. When, right. And that's when the big decline would come. And specific to this year, that's when the injuries would come, right? You'd expect right. there to be more injuries right. as guys get older. Mark Stone's 29. He's having back problems, right? Yeah. Max Pacioretty is 33. 32, 33, and he's having issues under contract for two more years. Robin Leonard's 30 has had multiple injury issues this year, right? Alec Martinez was a, a freak injury, right? 34, though, and has a pretty significant injury there, right? We're talking about all these injuries, and this is it's too early for that, right? So I guess my concern, and maybe if I don't know if how you address it in the offseason, but if this team is this beaten up when they're all 29, 31, what's going to happen when they're 32, 33, 34? Like, uh, well, the, I wonder how injuries... many of them
0: would still be around.
1: Right. So, like, the injuries, it it seems like a freak thing to happen this season. But these guys aren't exactly young. There's, there's reason to think that injuries are going to be a part of this core for the next three, four, five mm-hmm. years, however long it stays together.
0: Yeah, so what do you do in the offseason? You get rid of him? I mean, I, I actually think for a lot of reasons, one of them to go, hot take here is Patch I think they're gonna move Patch in the off season.
1: His agent but, will be thrilled about that. Well,
0: that's one of the hot takes. <laughs> I think they're trying to erase all that um as quickly as possible. So but the other thing is given you know, let, let's take Mark Stone for example, incredible player, but back issues tend to linger. You know, I it's, mean, look at the guy. You're, you're updating us on golf right now, even though, you know, the crash was delayed and everything, but his back, is his entire career has hurt him, um, as incredible as he's been. Back inju- injuries uh, linger. I mean, I know you could get something for him. He's an incredible player, but a lot of these injuries, I mean, wouldn't it devalue them in oh, terms of yeah. what you can get in the off season for him? It's like, yeah, we love Mark Stone. He's a great player. He's got a bad back, and those things tend to not go away a lot of the time.
1: I believe Mark Stone has a full no-trade clause, too. So even wanting to trade him would be okay. unless he was okay unless with it. Unless he was but all right. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, your back injury. Okay, Alec Martinez had the scariest injury because he got his face cut by a skate. Right. But outside of that, because obviously that could have been a lot worse, and he ended up missing a ton of time, so it's worse than we actually know. But outside of that, the fact that the the captain of the team, the guy that's supposed to be the best player or maybe second best now that Jack Eichel's here, the fact that he had a back injury and that he has it hasn't hasn't been linear. Remember, like back in December, he's he's had multiple instances where he has missed time and come back. It hasn't been linear. It's a back injury. Like that's that's scary. Like you look to the future and it's like how healthy can Mark Stone be? Is he? Is he going to be 100% if he comes back at the end of this regular season? I think most of us assume no, that if he comes back at the end of the regular season, he's coming back at 80, 90, something right. percent like that. And that's kind of a scary thing for Mark Stone to have back injuries. And how long is that going to be an issue? I'll say this too I feel bad for Jack Eichel. Really? Really? It's hard to feel bad for a guy that's going to make $10 million playing hockey.
0: but Because of what happened when he got here and all these injuries and he hasn't been able well, to play how he thought he would be with the people he wanted to play with?
1: He has never played in a playoff game because the Buffalo Sabres have been terrible. He, the Sabres don't allow him to have the surgery he wants to have. He misses part of a season because of that, right? He could have played a lot more games this year if they had to let him have the surgery. But if he gets out of Buffalo, finally gets out of Buffalo, finally gets to have the surgery he wants, right? All that's good for him goes to Vegas, a Stanley Cup contender. And this team is just like falling apart, like literally physically falling apart around him. And he might not be in the playoffs again. And now we all assume they'll be good and be back in the playoffs next year. But Jack Eichel probably thought, I finally got to a good team. I'm finally on a team that's going to be in the playoffs. I can finally play on the biggest stage of my sport. And he's not going to get to do it this year because everybody else got hurt.
0: Well, he still might be able to do it, but they're going to have to do they're going to have to as Darren said and Ben said and you've said, I mean, what, 8 out of 10? And that team last yeah. night's not winning 8 out of 10. They're just yeah. they're, they're just not not that team. Now, again, they're playing Arizona, they get Vancouver again. And let's see, you know, I know I know they have to go through Canada, but I'm still I'm still wondering the motivation of some of those teams down the stretch. Like that, I'm going to uh, watch that. You know, if Dallas has something locked up and plus three 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 games in hand, St. Louis, they might eke in here more so not because they're really good, but who they're playing and what motivations are down the stretch. That could happen yeah. as well. I mean, St. Yeah. Louis, if I'm locked in and it's the last game of the year, I mean, you have to put a team out there, but I don't know how hard I'm going. <laughs> I mean, the playoffs are going, right? I mean, the, uh, you're going to start the playoffs in three days. So they might get really fortunate that. down the stretch here to play teams that know their fate and, you look, you always want to say teams play hard, but it's like last night. Vancouver was much more purposeful last night in everything they did because even though it's 1%, they haven't been completely eliminated. Like Ben said, they were mad that they, they they had the overtime loss in Vancouver to these guys in their home ice. They played with a complete passion last night. The Golden Knights, for whatever reason, played with no passion. And I think that has a lot to do with who wins games. And down the stretch here... They could face teams that are like, yeah, we already know our fate. You know, we'll play, but at 80%, and if the Golden Knights played 100%, they'll win a lot of games.
1: But, Ed, how do they get the momentum back?
0: Oh, that's the good one. That's the tough one. Well, if they win (laughs) Saturday night, obviously Darren would tell us the momentum's back if they win Saturday night. Momentum's back, baby. All
1: right. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. The game does not officially begin until one player reminds all the others that the first word scores double. That player is known as the Scrabble Jackass and is then handed the box top for any further rule clarifications. Bischoff's Briefs. Players then take turns laying down words until someone does a bad job hiding the fact that they drew a blank. Bischoff's Briefs. Upon seeing the blank draw, each player must make a bad joke about the tiles in their possession. briefs. Play continues until each turn takes longer than open-heart surgery, and the game ends when one person uses the last of their letters. Even though at this point no one likes that person, they're still referred to as the winner.
2: Bishops' Briefs.
1: And that's how you scrabble. Today, Bishops' Briefs is taking a look at Draft capital and teams that go all in like the Raiders did by trading away their first and second round picks. Timo Risk of Pro Football Focus put out a chart to basically show over the next two years, which teams have the most draft capital. So the 2022 and 2023 drafts at the bottom of that list, the teams that have the least draft capital. The Rams are at the very bottom, and they are followed by the Broncos, Browns, and 49ers. Those are the four teams with the least draft capital over the next two years. The team with the fifth least draft capital? Your Las Vegas Raiders. The interesting part, though, is if you look at those five teams at the bottom, the Rams traded their picks away and got Matt Stafford. The Broncos traded picks away and got Russell Wilson. The Browns traded picks away and got deshaun watson the 49ers traded picks away and got trey lance those are all quarterbacks the raiders traded their picks away and got davante adams a wide receiver the raiders and the uh dolphins are the two teams that did this the dolphins did it for tyree kill the key difference is the dolphins have two first round picks next year so they are much higher on the draft capital board than the Raiders because of that. But you had two teams that did trade, kind of go all in this year for wide receivers. So when you look at that and you see the five teams that basically went all in, gave up their picks for a proven player, four of them did it for a quarterback. One of them did it for a wide receiver. And a simple question you can ask is basically, can Devontae Adams provide as much value as a quarterback? The general answer is no, that Deshaun—that he's not going to be as valuable as Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or Matt Stafford. Trey Lance will will wait and see, right? You got a guy who hasn't played very much there. Devontae Adams might very well be more valuable than Trey Lance. But the other three, it's hard to see even the best receiver in football being more valuable than the 10th, 11th best quarterback in the NFL. So the Raiders took a very big risk, right? It's not as bad if you go back when Seattle traded two first-round picks for Jamal Adams, who's a safety, right? It wasn't as bad as that. That's a horrific trade. But it's not as good or not as smart as trading your picks for a quarterback. That's generally what you should do if you're going to trade away your picks. And on top of that, what's going to be difficult or what's going to be interesting to watch, I guess, and could be difficult for the Raiders What do these rookie wide receivers do next year? We've obviously seen Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. We've seen guys have monster years as a rookie wide receiver. If there's a rookie wide receiver that goes in the 20s, in the second round even, that has like 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns, right? We'll be looking around saying, yeah, the Raiders could have drafted that guy instead of trading for Devontae Adams. And even if Adams is better than that rookie wide receiver, you still gave up a second-round pick and paid Devontae Adams a whole bunch of money that you would not have had to have paid that rookie wide receiver. But it's a big if. It is a big if. The reason you go all in on a wide receiver like the Raiders did, I think, is if you believe two things. One, you believe you have the quarterback. Do the Raiders have the quarterback? Probably uh, Derek Carr. Again, we've talked about it a lot. He's not going to be the reason you win a Super Bowl, but if your team's good, he certainly can be the Matt Stafford for the Rams last year. Mm-hmm. He is good enough that your team can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. So I think it's fair to say the Raiders look around and say, yeah, we we have the quarterback. And if we're comparing to those other teams, right, the Rams had Jared Goff. The Browns had Baker Mayfield. The, the Broncos had Drew Locke, right? Like these other teams didn't have good quarterbacks. Derek Carr is better than the quarterback that all those other teams had when they went out and got and traded away first round picks for QB. So the Raiders, in essence, they didn't need to trade for a quarterback. So if they were going to move a first and second round pick, it didn't need to be for a quarterback. They have Derek Carr so the next best position to do it for maybe is edge rusher or wide receiver right those are two of the more high value positions so the second question though or the second thing you need to believe to make this trade for Devonte adams are you close to winning a title and i think that's where this trade runs into a lot of problems for the raiders because i don't think the raiders are really close i think they're uh, close as a playoff team but i don't think they're close as an actual super bowl contender now the important part here is it's not all about this next season, right? This next season obviously is important, but for the Raiders, Devontae Adams, we're looking at a three-year window. right? So it's really about the next three years. And even if next year the Raiders, hell, miss the playoffs or make it and they get bounced in their first game, whatever it is, right? If they, year two or year three, are really good, have a lot of success, we'll look back and say, okay, that was worth it. It took them a year, but that was worth it. So... This trade can work out well for the Raiders in 2022, 2023, or 2024. If they have a Super Bowl contender in one of those years, then we'll look back and say that was probably worth it. So here's the question I have for you. How far into the playoffs do the Raiders need to go at any point over the next three seasons to look back and say that was a successful trade for Devontae Adams or just in that was a successful run by McDaniels and Dave Ziegler?
0: AFC Championship.
1: Okay, so so you're not uh, Super Bowl or bust, right? They mm-hmm. can they can come short of the Super Bowl, and we can still do a Good job. So they make, let's say, the 2023 AFC title game and lose. We'll look back and say, all right, I mean, it wasn't a success in that you won the Super Bowl, but that was, you know, good I enough. I think
0: so. I think I so. I think I agree with you.
1: I think I I think I'm right on there with its AFC title game, right? If you as the raiders hell if they win the division but lose their first game of the playoffs that's probably not good enough right, right. like that's you know you failed in the not biggest if you win moment the division. Right? yeah you failed in the biggest moment after a good regular season if they obviously win or make the super bowl you look back and say yeah okay that was pretty good uh i think even if you if you make it to the to the round right before the divisional round right before the afc title game and lose I still think you look around and say, really, you did all that to win one more playoff game. Like it's, we won't view that as a big success, but I think you're right. If they were to lose the 2023 AFC title game to the bills, right? Right. I think we look back and say, yeah, the team was, was pretty close and sure. They didn't get it done, but uh, that's a much better season than they've had for basically two decades. And I, I think that is, that's sort of the goal here is if this team is one of the final four playing in any of the next three years, then we can look back and say, That was that was worth doing, yeah. Right. If they have one playoff appearance or two playoff appearances and just one win over the next three years, then it's not. Yeah, we probably look back and say, yeah, okay, like you kind of just were a slightly above average NFL team, and you went all in on Devontae Adams, and you would have been better off using the draft picks or something like that. So. There's your draft capital. there's Devonte Adams and how important he is for the rest of the well, the first three years of this Ziggler and McDaniels era, which by the way, the first three years might be the only three years if well. If, don't they're not, if they're not the if they're if they only win one playoff game
0: or <laughs> if they don't get to the playoffs, that's your that's your tenure right there.
1: Right. So it's I, I think if you're McDaniels and Ziggler, it's not overall smart for the entire organization, right? You look at it from an organizational standpoint, they probably would have been better off not making the trade. But for those two specifically, they're probably better off making the trade because they're operating on a very short window where we've got to be good right away or we're probably getting fired because that tends to be reality for NFL coaches and general managers.
0: I mean, if they, boy, if they got to the Super Bowl with him, that would be, I think, over the top. I really do. Because I'm with you. I don't, I don't, I know all this, the moves they've made, but I've got to be honest with you. I think they're nowhere near close and more than they are close to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I really don't. And I mean, I, I and I, they're going to re-sign the quarterback. We know the upgrades they've tried to make defensively, but I, I don't think they're close. May, and and I am not—I don't want that to sound as more of a shot against them. I'm just thinking about teams ahead of them. The, yeah. And young players like Josh Allen and players like that who are going to be around a long time. Mahomes is still going to be around a long time. I'm thinking more teams ahead of them than I'm saying, hey, they're not good or they're not going to be a playoff team. Because I do think they could be a playoff team on a consistent basis with yeah. the team they have right now. But when you get there, it's a lot different.
1: Right. The Raiders should be a good team, but it's really easy to look out there and pick out four or five teams just in the AFC that are better than yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And that's where, that's where it becomes really hard to find, yeah. uh, even a path to the AFC title game, right? Obviously, you can get a good matchups in the postseason or whatever. But even that, I mean, you go Bills, Chiefs, if the Ravens are healthy, Bengals and uh, throw yeah. the Chargers in maybe. All those maybe young quarterbacks? Chargers, yeah, maybe the Chargers deserve to be where the Raiders are. But like, it's very easy to find a handful of teams that you say, yeah, that's – they're better than the Raiders, yes. and even if the Raiders are good, it's going to be tough to do. Coming up next, J.R. Starkus joins the show.
2: Ready for the weekend? Let's find out what's on tap.
1: We can provide you with a wine-tasting tour of Tuscany. We cannot change why you drink.
2: It's Thirsty Thursday with J.R. Starkus. Who
0: needs a drink? So we
2: drink-
0: Forget about that. Tiger just went two feet in front of the cup on a par three.
1: It's a hell of a shot.
0: Oh, he's going to go to one under. Wow! Here he comes. Here he is. That J.R. Starkus on Twitter. You heard him. Southern Glaze Sp- Spirits Wine Nevada. Is it Southern Glades Wine Spirits in Nevada? Yes. S G W S N V. All right. Hey, JR,
2: how long have you been coming on
0: a, uh, this he's show? He, he's the extreme exologist. Uh, it's only been and,
3: seven years. He's that, the extreme we'll exologist, it and
0: day. it's opening day in baseball. So you have to be happy, opening day and Tiger. What would you rather watch right now? Just one, like, average baseball game on opening day or Tiger shooting, like, five under in the, his first
3: round? Tiger, first round. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually watching it right now. I've been. I'm watching it this morning, and I was, <laughs> I was laughing because I was, you know, watching it and listening to you guys as you were kind of narrating the uh, Tiger's tee off and everything this morning. And one of the biggest funny takeaways for me was on the third hole, Tiger hits his shot. Um, you know, he's he's in play, which is which is nice to see because he's not in the trash. But um, and then you had the other guy, Uusazen. Uh, he teed off. Third guy, this Joaquin, uh, what's his last name? Uh, Even. Joaquin. So, yeah, yeah. Even. He, he, <laughs> so he tees off. He's the third guy to tee off. And as soon as he hits his shot, and all the people around, you know, this is as it is. It's got to be intimidating playing around Tiger if you're not used to it, and all those people watching. But the, the whole crowd, "Let's go, Tiger! Nice shot, Tiger!" And I'm like, man, <laughs> this guy just hit his tee shot, and everybody's <laughs> screaming for Tiger's tee shot, which <laughs> happened two shots ago. Uh, uh, so it's, it's, it, he's got a, I think he's got a, if he hears it, he's got to chuckle on the inside. Like what a, what an advantage to have all those people and no matter what other shot those guys hit, they're still cheering uh, for you.
0: It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, I, I want to tell you before you get to your drink also, I saw in the, you tweeted it, but I think it was in the paper, your kids, uh, tearing it up. What's, what's going uh, on there? The, uh, the, uh, obviously the <laughs> skills coming from mom, but, uh, the, the, yeah. you have nothing to do with this, but, uh, your kid's tearing it up in this town.
3: Yeah, he's, he's he's playing really well right now. I mean, he's he's kind of going two ways for the team. Um, one of their one of their main pitchers is uh, he's, he's got a little arm trouble right now, so he's he's only um, that the other young man is only only swinging it. But uh, so JT's been asked to kind of step up, and he's yeah he's putting in all the work that needs to. So yeah, on the season so far, he's 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 doing he's doing quite well. He's. Uh, He's leading the team in, in a lot of the statistical categories you'd want to see. and uh, But, you know, the team's playing well, too, which is important. But I'm, I'm very proud of him. Cares because, about that. And so is his mother, of course, because he, he plays. He puts in all the extra work, and, and, and he's, it's all uh, it's showing right now. I mean, this sure. kid on
0: Max Preps, I, I, I'm seeing his mug shot more than anybody. Look at this. It's pretty <laughs> impressive.
3: Yeah, he, yeah, and the Nevada leaders, I think, out of the, like, eight categories, yeah, nine he's, like, categories, listed that track, of he was in seven of them or something. yeah
1: what? What do you? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, you, you got Shohei Otani in your house, is what you're telling me. Yeah, you? he's leading. I he's leading, so, man. Is this all in Nevada? He's leading all in Nevada in sh- slugging percentage and has the third most strikeouts as a pitcher.
3: Yeah, that's him. Yep.
1: That sounds like Shohei. Absolutely. Otani. You know. <laughs> is he
3: a yeah, junior? He's, he's a junior. He's a 2023. Yes, yeah, so he's got uh, this year and next year.
0: Who, who will? Who will make the final decision on where he goes next?
3: Uh, well, he will make the final decision. Um, You'll have obviously. a lot to say with this.
0: You'll have a lot to say with this. You'll be in this kid's—you'll be in this poor kid's ear the entire time. What are you talking
3: about? No, I, no. I, honestly, it, if if it comes when it comes down to that, or if it comes down to that, whatever it is, I will I will sit down with him and and I'll help him go through the pros and the cons and the positives and the negatives and the you know pluses and minuses of everything that he's supposed to go through. And um, you know, if he asks my opinion, I'll give it to him. But the decision will be his. <laughs> Um, because you know as, as a young man entering the world like you know you you if, if it's a great decision you you can live with it and if it's a bad decision and you have to learn to like you know to live with that too sometimes or, or, or adjust but uh, he does know that you know there's if for his baseball career moving forward that where he chooses to play like uh, will will be a big difference i i'm not of the of the mindset myself where it's a uh, hey if you don't play then go to the portal like if you don't play then get better is my and, and it's the way that i've taught him oh, um nice, you know and so yeah no it's, it's the truth like but listen here's the thing like unless you're completely <laughs> unless you're completely lied to right unless you're completely lied to then you know uh, i would hope that a coach whomever was, is recruiting him would be honest but um unless you're completely lied to you you know you, you if you can't start for your team you got to find a way to get better because if you can't start for that team and you want to play at the next level? Then how the hell are you going to do that? And You have to find a way to get on the field, and that's all going to play into where he's recruited, right? If he has a Division One opportunity where they say, "Hey, you're going to sit for two years," um, and, and you might, and then you'll have an opportunity to com- compete as a junior because you got these these guys in front of you, or you have an opportunity for maybe a lesser known D one or a D two where they're like, "Hey, man, you're our guy from day one." And, you know, you might you might look at that because any coach out there at any level will tell you that. You know, D one schools are great, but it doesn't mean that they they're they're better than a D two or D three or a D3 or, or JUCO. Like, there's a lot of talent out there. Um, there are dudes at every level, and wherever he decides to go, it's it's uh you know you, you have to be a good baseball player to play the next level. So nah. I'm, I'm proud of him wherever he decides to go. Getting the portal,
0: thousands <laughs> of, thousands yes. of kids in the portal now. You got to play there right. Are, if you are. don't play right, you're getting the jump in the portal. Jump in the portal. It is Masters Day. You like to do some yeah. themed drinks for us because it is Masters Day. I like that uh, Ryan Reynolds is now being. I like the Ryan Reynolds. Anytime you you uh, tag him in a tweet that we're going to go to his gin. So what's going on today?
3: So the the you know the, this this tournament has always been special to me, and uh, I enjoy golf, and it's always it's it's definitely the kickoff to like the you know the spring and the summer, um, and so as the weather turns nicer, this tournament is is just. It's part of the season, and it just feels so right to, to make an azalea cocktail. Azalea cocktail, of course, the 13th hole is named at Augusta National. Um, azalea is the national, or the, I should say the national. It is the official beverage of the, the Masters, um, and it's a really easy drink to make. Um, typically, it, it would be made with a vodka or a gin, so you kind of get to choose. And I, I, I chose Aviation Gin because Aviation Gin is one of those kind of – to me, it's it's a bit of a crossover-style gin where – If you're a lot of non gin drinkers really like aviation gin because aviation gin doesn't have that, um, that straightforward punch in your face juniper flavor that, that is associated with a lot of gins. It's when you taste people on gin and they're like, Oh, it tastes like a Christmas tree or it tastes like pine needles. That's juniper in the gin. And that's what a lot of people don't like. And and some people like myself do like that, right? But aviation gin, that flavor is very subdued. So it's, it's far less. A prominent in their gin, so a lot of non gin drink, gin drinkers really enjoy it. And so, if you're a vodka drinker and you're looking to maybe uh, work your way into gin, I highly recommend Aviation Gin, and that's why I decided to make the drink with Aviation because more than vodka, it gives it does give you some botanical backbone where you have some flavors to play off of on the drink. Right? Vodka sometimes is, it's great, but it's so neutral that it's 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 just to highlight the flavors, especially when you're mixing it with with uh, the juices and such that we are today. Uh, the azalea cocktail is very simple. It's four ingredients. It's uh, going to be shaken, and, and you can strain it over ice or put it into a cocktail glass, but it's an ounce and a half of aviation gin, two ounces of pineapple juice. Um, I like Dole pineapple juice in the can, frankly, because it's very consistent. Uh, Three-quarter ounces of fresh lemon juice, and then a quarter to a half of an ounce, depending on how sweet you like it, um, of grenadine. Right, and the grenadine, the, the the red of the grenadine with the yellow of the of the pineapple and the yellow of the lemon, uh, will give it the pink color of the azalea. So, take all those ingredients, add ice, shake them together, uh, and strain it over fresh ice or strain it into a cocktail glass. If you want to go through the trouble of finding an azalea someplace to garnish your drink with, by all means, go ahead. Uh, but uh, a lemon twist will work, or uh, you know, a, a, a nice pink or purple. Flour will work as the garnish in that drink. Just drop it right in, uh, and you have an azalea cocktail. It's light, it's refreshing, and it's perfect to watch the Masters with.
1: Would this go well with that uh, weird pimento cheese grilled cheese they have?
3: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's uh, that. It would it would go well with anything like that because the the acidity would cut right through that pimento. Yeah, it would be great. Mm. They got the ice cream that's
0: sandwiches. The would it go well? They got the ice cream sandwiches ice also. Cream
2: sandwiches. Yeah,
0: they do. They got the ice <laughs> well, cream sandwiches I mean, yeah. there. I believe it's peach ice cream, isn't it? Yeah, they got the ice cream. Yeah. Then they have the uh, along with the pimento. You can have tuna fish instead. Uh, I, I covered it. I never went with the pimento. I just couldn't do it. I, was, I pulled a micromala. I just wow. couldn't do oh, it. Oh, it's yeah. actually. I've had a have had a bunch of them. They're they good. I,
2: I mean, I like them, but I also whenever we got the uh, the Vegemite from <laughs> from Steven, I was I was also <laughs> the one that was like, I'm gonna put
1: this on toast. All right, Jr. Before we let you go, who wins the American League East this year?
3: Oh, man, the Red Sox, man. They got this. Ah, uh, the, just the, homer. the Oh, okay. You know, uh, I mean, the, the rain delay that's happening in New York already, the postponement, that's already probably partial fear from the Yankees this season. So uh, I, I like Red Sox a lot. It's going to be great. All right. All right. Tell your, tell your kid to
0: go in the portal right now. Yeah, get in the I portal. Think, I think he should be in the portal before he makes his college decision. Like, <laughs> J, make, like before you even make the college decision, like, uh, JT's already in the portal, uh, and he'll make his next decision later. That would be hilarious. That would be just, awesome.
3: Yeah. I'll, I'll tell him, get in the portal, and I'll take my $20 million.
0: Yeah, you're darn right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks, JR. Thanks, buddy. You you got it, guys. Talk Thanks. to you next week. Yeah, this JR
0: guy's, guy's kids everywhere on the, on the max preps, uh, preps of hitting, the
1: pitching, he's, this kid. He's Otani. Uh, he's the Otani of uh, Nevada. I don't know how many games they've played, but he's the Otani of Nevada high school <laughs> baseball right now. He's, uh, a, he is.
0: There's a column in there.
1: Yeah, there you go. Why haven't I written
0: about this kid yet? I, 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 well, how about if I if I wrote the comment, I only quoted the mom? Oh, that'd be, oh, that'd be best. That'd be uh, great.
1: Also, you need to work in there um, somehow watching the game from scaffolding. Yes. <laughs> Far away <laughs> is his father watching the game from a sca-
2: from scaffolding. Yes. I spoke to his mother about his father's odd choice. <laughs> Would be
1: great. Would be phenomenal. All right. Coming up next, we try to not get in trouble by giving play by play of Tiger Woods.
0: You're locked in the press box.
1: Is he average, good, or great? Um, terrible to average on whatever hole he's on right now. Oh, he now. saved par? Uh, he hasn't he hasn't no, he he hasn't finished the har- oh, hole. Oh, okay. Yet, but right. uh All terrible tee shot into yeah. the trees yeah and then a, a decent shot he out of the trees. Yeah, it was actually give, pretty good. Give himself a shot. Yeah, Jared, we're going to get in trouble. You're welcome. Um so yeah, Tiger Woods, he is 1 under par. He has had uh one great shot, put him within a yep. couple feet of the hole and, and put in for birdie on the last hole. So we'll see. I think the leader still – the leader is some guy I've never heard of, Taylor Gooch. Is An American? two under. I have no yep. idea. I don't who know who cares? else. I assume only Americans name their kids Taylor Gooch. Uh, but, <laughs> okay, so we, I got strong Utah vibes. I'm going to Google <laughs> it. you got to Google it. Well, it's, and the other part is there's no Y in Taylor. It's um, T-A-L-O-R. Here we go. Oh, God. Has to be American. That has to be American. By the way, Jared sent us uh, a picture here. He's from Oklahoma. Okay. Ah, yeah. Jared sent us a picture here. That's a pretty good shot. Um, I'm not going to say more than that. He's not going to say who, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty good shot. (laughs) Um, Jared sent us a uh, picture of the menu from the Masters. And I'm I'm stunned how cheap this stuff is. You mm-hmm. can get like mm-hmm. all their sandwiches are three dollars or less. Uh, all their beverages, the most expensive drink is a is a Chardonnay for six bucks, but all the beer is five dollars, sodas two dollars, Bottle water two dollars, and then like all the sides, like chips or peanuts, are all under a dollar Well, you can get the whole menu for sixty dollars.
0: You can get you can eat really cheap but if you go near the merchandise tent you're going to make up for it by tenfold because you're going to buy a hat for $65 <laughs> you're going to buy a golf shirt for like 120 um there are there are there are things in that merchandise store for over $400 uh,
2: there was what? a oh yeah i can't remember who but a very wealthy friend of my dad's was talking about how great it is like yeah i have this one credit card that i only use when I go to the Masters each year, and then I spend the rest of the year paying off all yep. the stuff yeah. I got.
0: You go in the tent and you spend a couple grand, and then you end up paying it off. There were renderings when I was in that tent. There were renderings for over 450 um, hats. Like any kind of any kind of nice hat was 65 bucks. I mean, and and people, the lines oh. are around the corner. They know when they go there. Like Jared's dad's friend, you know when you go there. If you're going to get stuff, you're paying money. Like, you can't complain. If you go in that tent, you know exactly what's going to happen. So, you know what? You pay it off for the rest of the year.
2: The closest thing I can describe it to is when the Cubs, like, right after they won the World Series, the Cubs' spring training home had a like had to open two additional, like, gift stores at their spring training home because the amount of people just in line to buy whatever right, right. they could yeah. get. People with the Cubs it, logo on it. With the Cubs and World yep. Series champion on it. Yep.
0: Oh, the uh, Master stuff. I have I have some Master stuff from when I went and it was uh well it was a non-tell Greenspan thing. <laughs> it was, I mean, there there was no I mean I came home was like ah oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, but it was like a sweater and stuff, and it was uh yeah, not good. My buddies are covering it right now and he was gonna watch Tiger for two holes and then go to the tent because he figured that everyone was watching Tiger and it might be a good time. To go and just spend his life savings for like you know for whatever he's gonna buy.
1: I need you guys to, to do me a favor real quick. Uh, Taylor Gooch is tied for the lead with a pl- guy named Harry Higgs. Please Google Harry Higgs and let me know if that's exactly what you think Harry Higgs would look like. Have you um,
0: already
2: googled him?
1: Yes, I have already googled him. Harry Higgs.
2: Yep, that is a that is. <laughs> wow. And the. Oh. oh, that looks like a guy named Harry Higgs from
0: Camden, New Jersey. <laughs> 30 years old. That, that. 6'2, 235, coming down the freeway.
2: He also, yeah, he also looks like, like hey, you guys might have grown up playing your private courses. I'd go oh, out oh, to yeah. the
0: Muni. <laughs> I, I'm out at the Muni exactly every day.
2: That
1: I is was, absolutely a Muni player. Oh, he took his shirt off at the one in Phoenix where they actually go crazy i love this guy he's my new favorite golfer oh this guy's incredible he's, he's tied like, for first at the masters yeah he's tied for first this guy's incredible he's like doesn't button his shirt up so he's got like a little you get, you get a little bit of chest there you can see the belly hanging over the yep. belt, even with the shirt. This guy's incredible. I got to find him. What is he wearing today? <laughs> it's, it, this, it, this is, it, this... I don't need Tiger. I need Harry Higgs in my life because this guy's amazing.
2: He also has like <laughs> the facial hair that only grows on your neck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like a full neck beard. It's literally like, it's just like, the spots. You, you didn't shave today. Yeah. <laughs> But it only came in like you've got stubble only on your neck.
1: Harry Higgs is my, is my, the best golfer in the world. Uh, I will not hear any arguments against this. This guy's incredible. All right. I do want to end the show with this. Uh, Libby Schaff. she's the mayor in Oakland. Yep. She was on TV today on Oakland's uh, ABC affiliate, uh, Channel 7 there. She called Las Vegas a gross desert. Wow!
0: I really
1: love this. This is really? phenomenal.
0: She's going need, after it hard.
1: I need Libby Schaff and people in Oakland just dumping on Las Vegas so that we can, in return, just dump on Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> like, this well, she's phenomenal. used
0: to people dumping on Oakland. Maybe she's just flipping the
1: script.
2: But I mean, it's also oh, it's a gross desert that y- all your sports teams seem to right. really <laughs> exactly. like.
1: Yes, exactly. I need so okay. I think we we got the Raiders. I think they need to, like, keep the A's or something, but this be a really drawn-out process, and Dave Cobble keeps trying to use Las Vegas. But that way, like, they won one battle, we won another battle, and we can just continuously trash-talk Oakland well, I for mean, the rest of time.
2: By all means, winning the Raiders is, like, of the two. Oh. We, like, at least, like, Mark Davis may not be the richest NFL we win. owner, we win. but he just, yes. he's willing to be yeah. like, yeah, I'll sign you to a
0: contract.
1: We win that battle. <laughs>
0: we win that battle.
1: We will pay players more than $7. That's the plan. We might not win. We might not win, and we might not be the richest. What was
0: she she was we'll obviously try. being asked about the A's and and moving and everything. Was she she was on like a television show?
1: Yeah, yeah, she was on with just like I guess the morning show. Morning show? show? Midday Live. So okay. Should mid-day we try
2: show. to get her on? Yeah, oh. absolutely. Yes. And All right, I'll reach growth, out. Me. That would be
1: great. Um, yeah and they she was she compared it to the beautiful coastline of california because they're talking about the location of the a's ballpark being right there
0: oh down at the howard terminal by the water yeah oh
1: okay so she was she was comparing the beautiful coastline of california to the gross desert of las vegas like listen i will i will say this if you're gonna come after las vegas and try to give a reasoning for why you shouldn't move your
0: gross desert
1: I wouldn't go gross desert. I would simply say in twenty years they won't have any water. Like that that's funny. We don't we don't we don't have a response to that. Like not I don't 20. know that we have a response to that. <laughs> Lake Mead's gonna be empty in a decade and all the water's gonna be in the Blasio fountain. So that's that's all you gotta say. Is just say they don't they're not gonna have any water. The Raiders are gonna be back in Oakland in three decades because we ran out of water here. So go ahead and move to Vegas. You'll be back in Oakland soon.